This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. With Nick Costos and Ken Barkley, they bring you the betting insight, laughs, and some rants along the way. Who has the most riz right now? Like Pete Davidson probably has a ton of riz, right? Pete Davidson's got a ton of riz. Ariana Grande and Kim Kardashian? Pete Davidson is really ugly. Also, I'd love to be him. We'll give you an edge to beat the spread and so much more. In baseball, it's still like early in the year. I've essentially built a projection system. I've weighted all of the pitching statistics, what stats matter more than others in terms of how voters think. Ken Barkley's opinion doesn't really matter here. Ken Barkley's guess about what the voters are going to do matters a lot. What do we call that? Wagertainment. It's you better you bet from BetQL. The magnificent Monday edition of You Better You Better rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley here with you. On the BetQL Network, really fun first two hours of the show. Talked about Bradley Beal's um, impending official trade to the Phoenix Suns. The future of Chris Paul, where where he goes and what that might mean. The future of Draymond Green, what that might mean for the Golden State Warriors. And uh, what to do with Phoenix uh, once it officially acquires Bradley Beal. If you missed it, you can find it in podcast form. Uh, also, came up with a new game here on the show, which we will continue when I return from my honeymoon and also when Ken's back from his vacation coming up in July, uh, which is called what, Jake? Good. It's called good? Poor Jake. Oh, it's called? Poor Jake. Poor Jake. Uh, Jake, by the way, another hosting opportunity coming up this weekend. We'll talk about that over the course of the week. And when I say we, I mean Ken. But Jake will be hosting this weekend on the BetQL Network, which will be really awesome. Eight buckets still to come uh, or not. Uh, wedding props definitely still to come. Power Hour, final hour, featuring all our bets for tonight, still to come as well. But joining us right now here on the show on a magnificent Monday to talk all things NBA, maybe some NBA draft as well, after he absolutely slaughtered the NBA draft last year with one of the best pieces of sports betting content literally in the history of the medium. And it wasn't on our show, and we still have to give him our props where it's deserved when he said Paolo Bancaro is going to be the number one pick and, and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski is wrong. Kind of cemented the uh, the already burgeoning legend of our guy, Drew Dinsick, the whale capper. Love having him on the show. Comes on with us almost every Monday, and we sincerely appreciate it. Drew is on Twitter, at whale underscore capper. He does great work for our friends over at the NBC Sports Edge and the Deep Dive Pod with our buddy, Andy Molitor. Whale, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. My friend, how you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you for that uh, glowing uh, introduction. It's going to be tough to live up to it, though, considering uh, the information channels this cycle have been uh, somewhat uh, underwhelming. 
Uh, only thing I really got, I, I'm hearing the Spurs are considering passing on Wemby. Um, I don't know if oh, there's no. any truth to that. Probably, probably not. Uh, but uh, no, there's there's really uh, relatively little cooking today. Although with uh, you know, I think we just got. Uh, I mean, not just, but in the last uh, four or five hours, there's a lot more uh, offshore liquidity available for some of these props. So I think the information is going to start flowing here pretty shortly by all by all accounts. Was the uh, was the Bancaro forty eight hours? So like, kind of getting an inclination that it might happen, then really starting to get an inclination that it might happen. The insiders saying, "No, no, it's going to be Jabari Smith." Like that's what it's going to be, and not you knowing, but you kind of being like, "Uh, really?" Going on an appearance uh, on Gil Alexander's show on Veasan and being like, "I like Woj is wrong." I think that was actually like the direct quote, or he's like mistaken, and then being right. And not just being right, because like great being right's awesome. Being right and winning a ton of money as a result of being right. Is that forty eight hours? Is that like as good as it gets for you as a better so far, like in your in your life and your career? I would say so. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I don't think realistically I'll ever have another experience like that just on the basis of uh taking a long shot to you know, position, having it you know, yeah, because like I and again, like people will probably assume that that I had more inside information, or I actually had the goods, I had the nuts in that scenario, and I did not. That was literally just problem solving uh, and kind of putting some of the pieces together. Most of which was very publicly available. You just needed to know where to look. Um, and uh, yeah, so the you know the the long shot positions taken, and then ultimately having that play out. Uh, combined with uh, you know the 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 being right and Woj, Woj being wrong type you know that that that'll never happen again I don't think uh, and if it does it's not going to be for you know a twenty to one shot that I have uh, you know let you know significant amount of coin on and also like dispelling the notion that like insiders always have to be right I think it was kind of like another big lesson learned um in the wake of that and then like remember like the the NFL draft show started on ESPN what yep. like, a, like about two months ago with Adam Schefter saying what the the, the Texans were going to take a Will Anderson with their their focus on a pass rusher now they ended up taking a pass rusher also trading back up to three with Arizona but then they took CJ Stroud you know who knew that the betting market you know who didn't know that apparently Adam Schefter at ESPN and Schefter's great and Woj is great also, everyone can be wrong sometimes. I think Whale kind of dispelled that notion last year. It was pretty memorable. So, Whale, maybe you don't have like a, I think Woj might be wrong type of moment up your sleeve this year. Also, like, thanks for doing it on another show and not ours, jerk face. Whale's obviously the best. And Whale was on that show later in the week. We love Whale. So you might not have that coming up this week, Whale, for us here. But is anything percolating for you, NBA draft betting-wise here, where you're like, okay, like, I actually think, this might be wrong, and I am investing my money in this particular market. If if you've got something, we would love to hear it, please, as it relates to Thursday night's NBA draft. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I mean, there's a little bit of suspicion bubbling that um, that the fourth pick is mispriced, in my opinion. Um, you know, there's there there are uh, there's already been a correction in the second and third picks, which I think was. Um, you know, I think was due. Uh, I, I certainly kind of raised my eyebrows when uh, Giveny was out there in the first place banging a drum for uh, Brandon Miller going second overall to Charlotte. Like, that never really made sense to me. I didn't even get the reasoning uh, for why they were pushing that narrative. Uh, and the fact that he himself was walking it back in terms of who he's slotting in his mock draft, I think speaks volumes because it was really only coming from him in the first place. 
Um, and so market correction where Scoot Henderson goes second seems to be, you know, at least correct, directionally correct, in my opinion. Um, there may be a little bit of meat on the bone there, in fact, even at the current prices, if we kind of get any kind of uh, signal here from the, the Hornets having done their due diligence at this point and, uh, you know, deciding that they're not going to make a trade, you know, not going to trade that, that pick. Because in the world where the second pick gets traded, it's almost a certainty in my mind that it's for Scoot Henderson, not Brandon Miller. Um, so, you know, I think the current prices are probably fair, maybe a little light on Scoot. Uh, and then third pick would be presumably Brandon Miller, considering the, you know, that, that he's, you know, that there's a pretty clear drop off in terms of potential uh, from the third to the fourth best player in this draft. Um, but the Houston Rockets are a little bit of an enigma. I don't think that realistically, the uh, kind of people who have put the pieces together that are pretty sure that it's going to be Amen Thompson uh, with their pick in the fourth slot are 100% correct. Um, I think there's still, you know, very realistic possibility that pick gets traded for uh, with a different target in mind. I think it's a very realistic possibility that Amen is not the Thompson uh, that's at the top of the Houston Rockets board. Um, they've kind of come out pretty clearly about, uh, you know, who, you know, how they see their pieces fitting together. Um, I personally, and I've seen other people kind of get to this conclusion as well, watching some of the tape, uh, that Alsar is the more, you know, the, has the higher ceiling in terms of a prospect because, uh, you know, his shot looks less broken. Um, Eamon Thompson's shot is pretty, pretty suspect. Honestly, uh, it doesn't look natural. It doesn't necessarily look fixable. Uh, and I think you're taking a little bit of a leap there uh, if you pick him fourth overall. And I could entirely see the Rockets going in a different direction with that pick, um, either because they get feedback from Ime Odoka, who may prefer a different candidate altogether, somebody out of the college ranks, uh, and or uh, you know the the uh, the front office uh, you know decides that Alsar is the project they want to take on. So. Um, that to me is sort of where the chaos starts in the draft at the fourth overall spot. Uh, and you know, how that trickles, you know, how that impacts them, uh, you know, butterfly affects the rest of the top 10, I think is worth trying to consider because, uh, again, uh, you know, the way that the market is pricing sort of four or five, six, seven, eight, even who will be the top 10 players, uh, seems a lot more certain than I know that, you know, that I think that it is. Well, I, we do this with the NFL sometimes too. You mentioned the number two overall pick markets moving where like Scoot Henderson is now being viewed as, as more likely than he was a little while ago. And, and he and Brandon Miller are kind of flip-flopping. When do you think people actually know? Like, do you, I don't, I don't think they know right now. I think people are betting Scoot kind of like everyone's still trying to guess. And like you say, put the pieces together with the NFL draft. Like, I feel like we didn't know who was going second until like an hour before the draft started, maybe something like that, or an hour and a half before the draft started. When do you get the, just cause you, you bet a lot of drafts, you know, a lot of people who know stuff. When do you think people will actually know anything after the first overall pick? My guess is two is going to solidify in the next uh, 24 hours. The reasoning being that I believe there are offers for that pick from a couple of teams, notably the, you know, the New Orleans Pelicans, which has been you know pretty widely reported. Um, you know, the idea that the Pelicans have, you know, have worked out Scoot Henderson uh, and kind of given a little bit of light, you know, a little bit of, um, uh, you know, just a little bit of fuel to that fire, I think uh, tells you that, you know, the, the, uh, the Hornets are going to decide one way or the other. We're going to take this player or we're going to trade that pick uh, somewhere here in the next 24 hours would be my guess. Um, and, you know, I think realistically there are 
there's enough liquidity available now in that market in particular that if you know where you're, you know if you know where to look uh, and you start to see that price just get obliterated then uh, that's sort of the sign that the you know that the smoke is coming from the chimney that that's uh, that that's a done deal so um you know i don't have anything concrete on that i don't know that i'll get anything concrete on it before the price gets you know starts to evaporate but uh, i'm definitely going to be watching that all day tomorrow I'm, I'm pretty sure that was like a, a papal reference there from well and and i for one appreciated it you better yeah. you bet here with nick and ken magnificent monday talking the nba with our pal drew densick the whale capper on twitter at whale underscore capper well so great stuff there on the nba draft we'll see what materializes over the course of the next couple of days leading up to thursday obviously when the nba draft will occur want to make sure we get your take on the uh, the big trade which is not official yet but it will be official at some point this week which sees bradley beal heading to phoenix to form a new big three with kevin durant and Devin Booker. Phoenix plus 650 uh, to win the NBA championship, plus 350 to win the Western Conference behind Denver in both of those individual markets. Well, Bradley Beal on Phoenix, what does it do for you, if anything? Does it make you want to bet anything? Uh, not not currently. I think it's going to take at least half of a season for those guys to kind of find roles, responsibilities, and to really get to the, uh, you know, their actual potential as far as a team goes. So that is to say, you add there the sum of the parts, it's not going to look as good as it will ultimately. Um, so there's going to be a growing, you know, there'll be, there'll be a, a learning curve uh, and that'll afford you an opportunity to potentially enter on a Phoenix bet at a better price. If you decide what you're seeing looks like it has enough, uh, enough juice specifically on the offensive side of the ball to get by the better, you know, the better team, which is the Denver Nuggets. And, you know, Denver Nuggets are just a perfectly composed basketball team. I think that was one of the key lessons and takeaways from their postseason run. Um, and, you know, the big three and three and a half, if you want to include DeAndre Ayton, is, is not. Uh, there are some pretty obvious deficiencies, most, especially defensively, uh, with having those players on the floor. The spacing probably going to be fine, but at the same time, there's a lot of demand for, you know, mid-range, you know, long two type of uh, offense with those three players. And I think you're asking now, you know, Devin Booker to take on a very different role than the one that he had playing alongside Chris Paul, where he's going to be much more of a ball handler. Um, And, you know, this could take a little while under a new coach to really kind of get to its peak potential. And so I don't think there's really any rush at all to get involved with Phoenix from a future standpoint. Um, That said, I'm kind of teasing it, but the yeah, if the offense clicks, like that's going to be a pretty unstoppable unit, um, and it may not click out of the gate because just because of you know kind of finding spacing. But uh, if you start to see things come together around Christmas turn of the uh, turn of the turn of the calendar, um, I'm definitely going to be price shopping on Phoenix or at least watching that market because certainly the ceiling is high enough that they can make a team like Denver, which has their own defensive deficiencies, pay. Uh, and, you know, if you have enough offense and if Kevin Durant's anywhere close to what we've seen from him when he was uh, at his best, then uh, Phoenix is going to be an equal, if not, uh, you know, the clear second choice in the West. Well, like uh, 15, 20 seconds to go. Where do, you, where do you think Chris Paul ends up in all this? Ooh, uh, I mean, he can go wherever he wants, I assume. Uh, I don't think he has a meaningful role on a championship contender, though. Um the degree to which his play decayed, particularly towards the uh, latter half of last season, was concerning. Um, and, you know, he still definitely has a couple of tricks in his bag, but expecting him to give you a fully healthy 
uh, you know, two months of an NBA playoffs in pursuit of a championship, I think is pretty, uh, pretty foolish. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to have to take a haircut in terms of compensation. Uh, but in doing so, we'll, you know, we'll be able to choose, uh, you know, a team that fits and, you know, play, play, playing with, you know, personnel that he likes to play with, uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't rule out a trip to LA. Certainly, going back to the Clippers or playing for the Lakers, um, and I think realistically, uh, you're expecting, you know, at, at best, uh, you know, something like 25, 25 uh, good minutes from him, uh, and just in general, a healthy couple months in the spring uh, to try to get you maybe a little bit closer. But you know, I don't realistically see him playing deep into the playoffs at this point in his career. I love that. Chris Paul will take a haircut on his on his salary. Great. He'll only have a $500 million as opposed to like 550 uh, in his career. <laughs> feel really bad for him. Well, appreciate you, brother. Thank you very much. At Whale underscore Capper on Twitter. NBC Sports Edge Deep Dive Podcast. Stay well. Good luck with the bets. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you, guys. Take care. Best luck to you as well. Great. Drew Densick joining us here on the show. Love Whale. Coming up next, put some wedding props to wet everybody's fancy. With the whistle, tickle the fancy, whatever. We're back right after this. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> On the BetQL Network.